Welcome to the Diligent Endeavors podcast, where we interview people from all walks of life striving for success. We share highlights, interviews, and stories of others to spread inspiration, valuable insights, and content. Remember to put yourself in danger of success. So good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm Leanne, and this is the Diligent Endeavours podcast, and I'm extremely excited to be welcoming Sylvia onto our podcast today. Um, So for anybody that doesn't know Sylvia, she's going to introduce herself and tell you exactly what she does. Oh, hi, everyone. Um, I'm Sylvia Mahal. I'm based in the New Forest. Um, I'm a qualified social worker, and I'm also a foster carer for children with disabilities. Um, but I'm also the product of a parent who had a disability because my father had cerebral palsy. So that sort of led me into the career I followed and then progressed into what is now Elevated. Fabulous. For people that don't know what Elevated is, could you give them a brief outline of what it is that Elevated sort of stands for, what you do, how you support people? Elevated um, is the shortened version. It's actually elevated holiday homes. So with investors, we buy properties and adapt them and then make them fully accessible and equipped for people um, and guests with a disability. So we're based at the moment, we're based along the south coast, but we're looking to expand other parts of the country. Yes. And some of the ones in the South Coast, I'm very close to my heart. So I was a manager in Weymouth for a very long time. Steve just purchased a property in Weymouth, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And is it Bournemouth and Southampton, that side as well? Um, and Plymouth? We, yeah. We've got one that's up and running now um, and has been very successful in Plymouth. Um, we've got one that's mid-refurb in Poole. Obviously, you've just said we've bought one. Or, well, actually, we haven't bought one. An investor has bought one and he's leasing it to us in Weymouth and the same in Sandwich in Kent. But then we're also, I'm also working with Paul Reed, who's based up in Yorkshire, who's actually building from scratch a brand new bungalow. Oh, wow. He's just got planning agreed for that. So, so you're going across the country to help people that need adapted homes to have holidays? Yes. Well, geographically, it doesn't actually matter. Um, My other business partner, Charlotte Walker, is an established um, service accommodation operator. So she's doing sort of all the the guest liaison side, but she can do that remotely. And then I'm doing the property finding, managing the renovations um, and just getting the message out there. And then and then Paul is a structural engineer. So between all of us. You know, we're all bringing something different. Um, so we can actually do them anywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. So what made you decide that you wanted to do property? And on the other side of it, property for people who needed holiday lets and somewhere to have a little retreat and that it was fully adapted? Well, we've, we've been property investors for years. Um, we've had buy-to-lets probably 15 or 20 years, um, we still have them. And then a couple of years ago, um, we started doing um, rent to rent HMOs. Yep. And we were working a lot then with care leavers, um, obviously through my connections through social work and everything. Um, And then lockdown came. And I thought, well, actually, I don't want to 
to do sort of like just the HMOs. I wanted to look more into um, what had always been my dream since sort of like 20 odd years ago. I always dreamt of having a hotel, especially for people with disabilities. Oh, wow. But it sort of, it changed. And then during lockdown, you know, we all went in on ourselves and we were thinking sort of like, is this really what I want to do? And I thought, well, I'm getting older now. Um, we had a child at the time in a, in a wheelchair who had cerebral palsy and we couldn't find anywhere to go on holiday. Right. Um, the problem was he needed a hoist, he needed a hospital bed and it had to be level access and obviously we needed a wet room. And finding somewhere suitable was just, just ridiculous and ridiculously expensive if you did find somewhere and then they'd be booked up two or three years in advance. All right, okay. So we thought, why <laughs> not bring our knowledge bring of property and how to sort of like different methods of investing in property and our knowledge of sort of like serviced accommodation because we had a few rent serviced accommodation at the time let let's just go full hog find an investor who will buy a property and then let us manage it and let us sort of fulfill our dream yeah so that was like 2020 and from there it's just mushroomed into just this amazing company now that that is moving forward and and we're getting more and more properties did you find it hard to find investors for the holiday lets for disabilities or did you find that people were really really interested in doing that i think that investors fall into two camps there's the investor who has a family member or disability has touched them in one way shape or form and they absolutely understand it and they and they wholeheartedly want to invest with what we're doing. And then there's the other type of the investor who who is just looking at the facts and figures um, and isn't buying into the dream. Right. Um, but it's happened that my first investor actually ended up being Charlotte, who is now my business partner. Um, and we bought the Plymouth Bungalow together. So yeah. we JV'd on one and we bought that one together and then the pool one we're JVing and and buying it together um but then like I said the other the other two properties I'm actually building a portfolio for a, a hands-off investor okay um so he uh, we've uh, we've got a couple of other properties going through in Weymouth which aren't accessible but then I've built up that that no like and trust with him and he's he's now I'm just saying, can I can I buy this because I want to use it? He's saying, yeah, fine. You know, obviously he's getting his return. He's building a legacy. So um, but that that's the thing. We can do that for investors. We can we if they want hands off, then we can just say you buy it, hand it over to us on a long lease. We'll look after it for however many years and then they get a return. So um, or obviously there's investors that just want to to give us money to um to, for a return and then we did that for another investor and she she actually loaned us the money for the refurb which she's just had back um so there's different ways for different investors but actually there's a lot of investors that are really interested in what we're doing yeah and do you find obviously I've got the background so I'm quite passionate about the care and making sure people can fulfill their dreams and their wishes do you find like you're getting those really extended bookings really far down like two years time as well because they found that property now and they know that their son or daughter or family member 
has now got somewhere that they can go. Absolutely. Because once, well, they're like hen's teeth, as you know. So once you've got that property, you you can forecast right into the future. Um, and, and particularly like there's a, there's a lady in Kent who's actually selling her property now and she's booked up two or three years in advance. She's actually going to be giving us her guest list. Oh, wow. Um, which, which stands, obviously that's an investor's bought that property. So actually that gives him real reassurance. Yes. For his investment. Definitely. And I think it's, we're crying out for something like this and to find you um, where we, we, we met with each other online, it was wonderful to see exactly what you're doing because for years I was always trying to find people and um, places where they can have a really lovely holiday or just a break like a weekend away from their families um, where their carers can go with them as well so mum and dad can have a little break because during lockdown and prior to that day services and respite and everything like that just sort of seemed to be coming to a bit of a standstill and now through lockdown it's got even worse um, lots of those types of places have closed down so parents haven't, aren't having any break whatsoever and the care teams don't seem to be funding that extra bit of support for families so I think doing what you're doing and being able to s- s- chat with you about it is wonderful and it really pulls on my heartstrings <laughs> um, and it's just wonderful to be able to see that there is people out there that really do want to help with people that need that support and give them that break Oh, 100%. And it, it doesn't doesn't have to be sort of a, a holiday in a holiday, like you said, in, in a holiday sort of um, scenario. It can be respite. Yeah. So um, there are people that um, their adult son or daughter takes some carers away for the weekend to one of the properties. Yeah. Because then mum and dad can have a break at home. Which before that, like you said, they would have gone to a respite centre or a day centre. But those those places are closed down and a lot of them won't reopen. Yeah. And a lot of them were you have 10 nights of a year. Yeah. Where, and then the mums, mums and dads or family members are caring them for them for the other 355 days of the year, all day and all night. So, yeah, it's just it's a fantastic thing that you're doing. And I love to see what you're doing as well and promote it as much as possible. From being a social worker to now, yep. how did you find the transition? And do you still use the same skills from being a social worker to doing what you're doing now? I think very much so. Um, I actually, I am an independent social worker still, yeah. and I still dabble. <laughs> I like to keep my hand in. Um, I'm also a practice teacher for student social workers. So um I'm a very busy person, I think you'd say. I like, <laughs> I, I like, I like to juggle quite a lot. Um, but, but the social work skills are there because obviously I worked for, for 15 years in adult social care, working with people um, with physical disabilities and ch- a lot of children in transition to adulthood with physical disabilities or they'd had catastrophic events. Yeah. So I've got that knowledge and that experience and also um, working with courts and court protection and understanding a lot of understanding because I, I I speak to a lot of solicitors and case managers who like yourself are always looking for holidays for people yeah so it really helps um and that probably that's my USP is because I can I can mix property and social care speak 
Yes. And like you can. So um, so that gives me sort of like the reach. So yeah. so most definitely the social work skills have come in a lot. And also speaking to guests and knowing what they want and what they need and, and the personal experience of being a carer for somebody with those high needs as well. So and that that will probably put the family members and the service users and everybody that's using your homes at real ease that actually you've got that passion you understand and you know how to talk to people and they feel that actually like you've done this for them you won't completely understand their needs and what the house needs to be adapted to and obviously all the regulations that need to be put in place for that as well that you're giving them that trust as well and that must be amazing for those families and people that are using your services it is, and we've got our Facebook group now that I think we're almost up to a thousand guests in there. So, um, like you say, if they have a problem and they'll say, "Oh, I struggled with this or I struggled with that," then I can relate to that, yeah, and explain how we've solved that problem. So it's yeah, it's really good. Oh, fantastic! So you were saying you've got buy to lets and you did rent to rent HMOs. Have you still got those? Yep, still got yep. a few. So back then what made you get into property the first ever property buy to let we had was back pre pre 2007 when property i think you're a bit young probably <laughs> <laughs> but the, the 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 market was crazy even more crazy than it's just been and and they were giving away 100% mortgages and and you could you could get mortgages like sweeties right so we, at that time, bought the house we're in now and kept our old one. Mm-hmm. And then we still got that. And then we bought a couple more. Okay. And, and what's been lovely with those properties that we caught, we bought back then is because they were bought with 100% mortgages, they, they actually owed us nothing. Yeah. And over that period, like we've just remortgaged two of them and they've just given us some more money back. You know, it's free money. You know, yeah. I know I know it's quite sort of um, difficult for people to understand how you can have free houses, but it, it's amazing. So property just gives and gives. Did you know all the bits and bobs around property when you first bought your first no. property or did you just go, oh, this is a good idea. I'll buy a house. <laughs> I think at the, at the time we went to one of these property seminars. And they said, oh you know you can get you can buy these properties and you can get 100% mortgage which we did yeah and like you said along the way we've had a lot of training um with different companies um and it's just and now you know it's all coming to fruition you know we could we've putting it all together yeah um so yeah so we can buy properties with different methods and and make it work yeah and as you know property is not a get rich quick scheme it does take time and like you said you started many years ago and you're still building that portfolio and your business and yeah it's I suppose what what's been your struggle from the start of property to now I think the biggest struggle we had and because obviously when when um, we first started you didn't need a deposit because they're the mortgage market was extremely different and obviously when they had a big crash everything became much more regulated so at that time you didn't need deposits and you could just buy property so then after the crash um 
everything was in the doldrums and people weren't buying property. And then when we decided to start buying property again, you needed big deposits each time you needed a deposit. And I think that's always been the struggle is building up those deposits. So that's why we use different creative methods. Yeah. Um, but it's always been the deposit, but, and now I think the biggest hurdle for moving forward will always be having enough investors to meet the demand. Right. We, we know the demand is there and we know need is there. Um, and I'm asked, being asked all the time, can you buy one here? Can you buy one there? And it's, and it's having those investors who are willing to either buy them or loan the deposit. Do you think then well, the way everything's happening at the moment and what's about to happen, do you think it's going to be harder to find those investors to invest in property because everybody's like, oh my God, the interest rates and the mortgages and blah, blah, and the government, we're going to have a massive crash and there's going to be a big boom and everyone's going to be on the streets. Do you think it's going to be harder for investors to invest? Or do you think the high-end investors are going to want to invest in property now? I think the high-end investors are there and they're, and they're sort of like rubbing their hands and they're waiting, aren't they? And, um, and the thing with our investments is that um, people will always want to go on holiday and there are always people with disabilities that have different ways of funding holidays. So um, whereas sort of the average family might think twice about going on a holiday, we, we've found different ways of accessing guests yeah. that money isn't an issue. Yeah. So... Um, for our investors, actually, it's a really good safe return because it's a bit, the way it works is similar to social housing with the leases. Yeah. So um, people have that reassurance that their mortgage is going to be paid regardless. So what, what average lease do you have on your the properties that you're doing? Uh, we're going to start um, with a five-year lease. Okay. So they've so got they're, guaranteed income for five years. Yeah, exactly. And do you deal with all the maintenance? It well, we can we could have either an FRI lease, so obviously we manage everything. Yeah. Or or um we well, we would manage the maintenance, but whether or not we pay for it or they pay for it, it obviously depends on each individual contract. Yeah. Yeah. So you're giving that your investors that five years of reassurance that these people, unfortunate or not, do need to have holidays and there is funding for these people to go on holidays. Yes, some people might think that's unfair. Why should all these other people get to go on holiday? But actually, it's they need that break to go on holiday and it's medicinal as well for some people, whether we call them service users or people we support or whoever, they, they need it like we need holidays we need a break they they need like, sensory time as well like you said their full-time carers are doing it most of the time they deserve yeah. a break even yeah. if it's times a year yeah definitely and it's it's just as I've said to you before I love the fact that you're doing this and it's yeah amazing so what made you decide holiday lets and to be adapted like how did you know there was that much demand from personal experience yeah because we couldn't find what we needed you know we, we our, our lad he 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 came to us when he was 13 and left when he was 18 and a half but he he needed hoisting he needed sort of like level access showers he needed a hospital bed 
we just couldn't find them. Were you looking and, on Google or were you looking on essays? Were you looking on hotels.com? Like we did everything. We we did absolutely everything. Um because there's there's special some specialist websites where you can book adapted holidays or accessible holidays, but they were so far a few between to actually find a property that had a hoist in it yeah. was just just almost impossible. Wow. And if you did, because we had we had a scenario where we we actually booked a hotel, a, a quite high brand hotel that said they had a ceiling track hoist. So we booked it to go there, got there, found out that they'd given the room to a guest without a disability. So then had to argue with them to give us our room back. And then when we got in there, it had a normal divan bed. It had sort of an inch thick carpet. It had little step into the shower room. And then you couldn't even get him to the sink. Wow. You know, but they had a ceiling track hoist. So <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. So they can get in and out of the bed, but it's not a hospital bed, but they can't even go and have a wash. Yeah. And you can't do the care because it's not a high low bed and it's just ridiculous. That's so nice. yeah. So yeah. we just thought we can do this better. Yeah. We, we yeah. So so that's what we did. Have you searched sort of and done a little bit of research on areas that need it more than others? Have you spoken to, because obviously you've got background in social care, have you gone to the care teams and social workers that you know and see what they think the demand is? Or have you just gone, I couldn't find anything myself, I'm going to do this myself? Oh, um, every single person in the care profession I've spoken to said, you know, we're desperate. Everyone's saying, we're desperate. Please get something here. Please get something there. You know, we'll keep it full for you. You know, um, I've got, I was asked last week, please get something in the Norfolk area. We're desperate. You know, we'll, we'll keep it full for you. Um, so we know sort of like, and, and as long as it's somewhere fairly nice that people feel comfortable to go to, it doesn't have to even be in a holiday spot. It's just so that they can stay there and then drive somewhere. Yeah. So, um, but no, we, we've done so much research and yeah, it's incredible. You know, the need is really incredible. So when you do your refurbs and things like that, obviously you've got to take into that extra consideration, the cost of the overhead hoists, levelling of floors, access, doorways, because obviously there's regulations on the size of doorways and things like that. Has that caused you any issues or like step back with doing your refurbishments no because I with my property background I'm very good at sourcing properties because I actually source for other people as well so I've I've narrowed down my search criteria so much that I'll only actually view properties that I think are going to work yeah um so yeah it but that comes from expertise and knowledge yeah so so all the ones we've got um have already got a level access shower so they might not be totally right or big enough or whatever but at least they they're sort of part way there yeah um the one in pool already had a ramp already had a level access shower but um we've actually gone in and practically destroyed it because we've opened up opened it all up and and put in, widened all the doorways and we've we're going to have a hoist from the bedroom into the shower room 
yeah. um, and put in a separate toilet and different things. But it's it's one of those things that it's come from a long time of experience and knowledge what to look for and and obviously bringing the property knowledge in about how to do the refurbs and how to manage the refurbs and builders and everything else. So we've we've brought it all together um, okay. to bring yeah these amazing products. Yes, well, it's wonderful, and I'm sure there'll be many people out there dying once they hopefully see the podcast and hear it and listen to it. Be on your door, <laughs> um, guests and guests and and investors. Yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so from starting Elevated Homes, what has been your biggest achievement? The biggest achievement. Um, I think is the Plymouth one. We've just helped get helped a guy come out of a residential home that he was stuck in. Right. So he's he's um, he needed to move because of various reasons. So he's actually moved into our bungalow. And he's going to be there over the winter. Oh, fabulous! And then his plan is to then buy something for himself. Right. So our biggest achievement was the pleasure and the smiles on his face and his family's face to actually get him out of that care home. Yeah. So that because that's the other thing about um, and helps to reassure our investors is that we've got plans for the winter. So where other people might struggle to fill a holiday home in the winter. We've got ways of actually um, working with other professionals so that they're not empty and they're actually used. That's fantastic, and he's got a home for the winter. That's yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's so happy. Oh, that's that's great. So, I suppose as a property investor, a businesswoman, what would you say for other people um, that want to get into property or they want to build their business? What would you say that success should look like? Because everybody's got their dream that success is millions of pounds in the bank. Um, never having to work a day in their life when we all know property and investment and trading means you're working. <laughs> what what should people see as success? I think it's very individual. For for me, I don't ever want to retire. I want to do this forever. Um, so for me, the, the success comes from providing the service. And I think that comes from having a social care background as well. I don't want to be rich and I don't want to be um, have the smart cars or anything. That That's not my persona. But I think for in, it's everybody's in individual taste and what their goal is. Yeah. I think it's just being financially comfortable to be able to sort of, I'd like to do this full time, um, but I don't know if I'll actually ever stop doing the odd assessment and things because I actually enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but I think what if as long as you enjoy what you're doing, then that that's what's important for for the future. Okay. So what's your long term goal? Have you got your goals written down? Or? Our long term goal for Elevated is twenty properties in five years. Okay. Well, I think you're going to smash that. <laughs> well, we're we're already on. Um, because they don't have to be our own. That that's the other thing. I'm not I've, I'm not worried about owning them. Yeah. I want to control them so that then I can offer them and provide them out to our guests. So to 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 have the control of twenty, mm-hmm. um, but we're already on five, and and 
we've been going, I think from in true inception now is about two years, I think, and it's taken this long to get this established, but it's a roller coaster now. But you where you started and to now, sort of even in the last few months, I've just seen it go poof. Like it has, it has mad now because people are actually seeing what you're doing, hearing what you're doing, that it's being successful, and a lot of people want to be involved in that. So yes. I, think, I think maybe you should 10x your goal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe within a couple more years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the, the other goal I have actually is um we want to build and we'd love to build so like a small complex. Yeah. So um sort of five or ten bungalows and have like a clubhouse and spa pool and and sensory room oh wow um and and an adaptive playground so that it would be a lot more child focused that would be wonderful and that that's our biggest i think dream is to actually get some land and to to do that where would be your dream place to get the land devon i think I agree. Yeah, I love Devon. Yeah, Devon and Cornwall, love it. <laughs> and I think, like, even though obviously it's close to the coast as well, that sensory feeling of being near the coast as well is really, really good for people with disabilities. And it's so many different things you can go do down there. Like, obviously, there's all the beach bikes and stuff as well, which a lot of people don't know about. And the accessibility and the different things that people can do near the coast for people with disabilities is amazing so like when I lived and worked in Weymouth everything that was done for supported living and learning disabilities and autism and things like that was on another level to where I am now so living in Wales the care and the accessibility for people with disabilities in Wales is very poor and that's what I struggled with quite a lot when we first moved over here was actually I had a lot more that I could do and give to these people that I was supporting than I do now. And now I really struggled with that. I've researched your area recently because I had somebody approach me interested in investing. Because you've got surfability, haven't you, down at um, oh, Swansea area, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not very accessible. It's not No, and this this oh, is a big time. thing. If if somebody really would like to invest in something valuable having a property near surfability because people can go there and they can enjoy this experience, but they've got nowhere to stay. Yeah. So investing in something and and there, yeah, there's so little in South Wales. Yeah. You have to travel hours to do anything. Like even taking the guys out for a day is, Oh, where's the nearest accessible toilets? Oh, three hours away. Yeah. We, we actually stayed um, in a cottage near Carnarvon, um, supposedly accessible but it wasn't that's another story but um (laughs) but um yeah we were there in the middle of nowhere and no takeaways no nothing but like you said it's 20 minutes half an hour to go anywhere isn't it to even silly things like you want to go out for the day well so you google map it where is the nearest toilets where are this where is that is there accessible restaurants all that type of thing. And you're like, well, I can't really take them out because they need to go into an accessible toilet to get changed. There's no hoists. That's Changing a- places is another whole story, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like the guys I support up here, 
if they've got very complex needs, they have to do everything close to home because there's nothing they can do. And they have to, obviously they've got special needs. They might need to yeah. more often than somebody that can use a normal toilet. So we had that with, with our guy, you know, because he was exactly the same. If if you needed to change him while you were out, you had to go home. Yeah. You know, but that's another campaign is having a lot yeah. more changing places. <laughs> so. And I know the amount of pe people that are supported in Wales as well. I'm like, why? How is there nothing for them up here? There's no, yeah. there's, I think there's one holiday let maybe which isn't completely adaptable or adapted or accessible. So there's no point in them really even going because it's not going to benefit them whatsoever. Um, and like just going out for the day, we were restricted to a time period because they must be able to get home and get changed or they've got to have special meds at a certain time or a place to be fed a certain way. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, Wales just seems to be a little bit behind on that type of thing than the South Coast. Yeah. But no, Wales is definitely on my radar because a lot of people have said that to me. Yeah. And like, as we know, there is, well, it's probably about the same amount of people supported in this area than there is obviously in the South Coast. And that's just, it's bizarre to me that the care teams over here haven't moved as fast as England. But yeah. that's just something. Know, yeah, different legislation and different yeah. things, isn't it? But um but no, like you say, because the majority of the population of Wales are along that south coast strip, aren't they? Yeah. So it's and a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. And it's like they can't travel for four or five hours to get to an adapted home in the south because they can't be left that long to not be changed or have food and that type of thing. So, yeah, it's just very restrictive in this area, unfortunately. So the sooner somebody gets you a house over here, that'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great if somebody has a bungalow or something we could work with them it would be brilliant yeah definitely okay so a couple of quick fire questions for you so if you could have anything named after you what would it be it could be a place an item a... anything my holiday village when i build it okay no that was perfect okay um can you tell me one thing that no one knows about you unless it's really really personal <laughs> um nobody knows i don't know. okay or very little people know about you um have you got any crazy hobbies no i'm i'm a motorcyclist um yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I've done a bungee jump. I'm thinking about doing a skydive for charity. Do it. I did one for one of my service users, actually, <laughs> to uh -huh. raise money for a hydro um, bath for her. So the well, it was the fan-dangled baths of all baths. Yeah. yeah. Me and a couple of the staff team, I think it was about eight years ago now, we did a skydive. Yeah. Fantastic. Really, um, ser seriously thinking about doing that. I'd love to do that. Definitely do one. Okay. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? I used to want to live in Kerala, in India. Right. Like, we've got family in India and we've travelled in India a lot. Um, and I, I did want to live there, but I've got grandchildren here. Um, so actually, I'd 
want to be still quite close to all my grandchildren and they're all quite spread out at the moment so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Devon I think if I if I had the choice I'd like to live in North Devon whereabouts in North Devon um uh, well we we recently had a holiday in Croyd right um and yeah that was really lovely so out out in the countryside there I think oh definitely definitely somewhere like that area for us I'd love to but I don't know Wales is quite peaceful mm. <laughs> it's got a lovely <laughs> beach not far away you have got some lovely beaches yeah yeah we're very very lucky we were talking about it the other day that we was when we were in Cornwall a couple of weeks ago we we're like oh we'd love to live there imagine living on that hillside and then we we're like we're in the middle of nowhere in Wales. We're surrounded by a valley with waterfalls within like a minute's walk from our house and a beach 20 minutes away. And we're like, why would, like, we've got everything it, we need. Yeah, it's the same with me, though, because I'm five minutes from the Solent, from the beach. It's not a great beach, but it's a beach. Yeah. And then I'm five minutes from the New Forest. Yeah, which is so. Gorgeous. Actually, I've got, I've already got everything here, really. Yeah, that's what we, we were like. Oh, yeah, we'll go move to Cornwall, and then we're like, actually, we've got everything we need. Just maybe a bit of a bigger house because having two men just take over my life, don't they? And then a stepchild and dogs and animals. I'm like, oh, <laughs> need another room. Okay, what would your top tips be to start out in the property industry i think get good advice and then don't jump into anything don't and and if if you're going to invest do your due diligence and and recommendations i think is the biggest thing you know if Speak to somebody else who's already worked with that person and that trusts them. Um, don't don't make any rash decisions. I think because that property is a minefield and and things can go well and things can go wrong. Yeah, I think take good advice. Definitely, definitely do your due diligence and do a bit of research because not everything you will find on the internet. No. We've, we've we found that at the beginning and read oh I'd say read books yes definitely what's your top favorite book at the moment um I'm actually reading I'm reading a book on actually how to use LinkedIn properly <laughs> <laughs> oh god I don't think but I'm... actually it's been brilliant it? you know my my LinkedIn reach has really really grown over the last year I really struggle with LinkedIn I just don't, I don't know I, I don't... used to but because I've sort of I'm now connecting with fellow professionals and using them as my sort of ideal client and 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 that's something we're taught isn't it about your ideal client you know yeah. it's really focused um and I actually have a separate group now on LinkedIn as well all right okay so, um, yeah, that's my favourite book at the moment because it's really working. What am I reading at the moment? Phil's just made me start reading something about habits. Yeah. It's a minefield. <laughs> but it, does, it does teach you how to change your habits, what habits are, and how people used habits years ago to actually change their way of working within organisations and that type of thing as well. So it is in, it's interesting, but... 
my mind's just like Pong. <laughs> I picked up one yesterday about harnessing the mind as well. That was quite have you? quite interesting. But Phil's got a whole list of books for me to read, and I'm just like there's so much psychology and everything isn't there there is yeah our bookshelf is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I'm like just let me read this one book first and then I will go on to the next one instead of you going oh you need to read this you need to read this I'm like all right can I read the first one but how many books a month does he read he does a lot of them on audio because he does so much driving yeah. and he's at, like he was off to Leeds the other day and he's got Peterborough and all that so he tends to do a lot of his by audio and he can smash one book in a week when he's driving back and forth. Yeah. So he's quite lucky, whereas I don't really do that much driving. And when you've got a little boy of five going, mummy, mummy, you tend to get a bit distracted by a book. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'll put it down now. I haven't got, I can't read it. I'm wanted. So I don't tend to get through a book as quickly as he does. Mm. So I did start in the car listening to them on audio when I was driving to and from work. So that was good. But then I got sidetracked by podcasts then. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what am I listening to today? So, it's, yeah, I've got to focus on one book and mm-hmm. maybe just go for a drive for an hour when Vinny's at school and listen to it because it's a lot quicker because you can double up the speed than you can reading. Yeah. I won't get sidetracked by the cup of tea and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> OK, wow. That's been lovely, Sylvia. So thank you very much it's been a pleasure having you on thank you for talking to me and taking your time out so if anybody's interested in investing in the adaptive holiday homes and elevated or just wants to reach out to you because maybe they've got children or family members with a disability and they're looking for holiday lets how can they get in touch with you well they can search me by my name sylvia mahal on linkedin or on facebook um and we've also got a website which is elevated holiday homes um you'll see the logo (laughs) um but um facebook is probably the easiest way to find me um i'm always there i'm always always talking to people and in the description of all this once it's all done and uploaded i'll put obviously your name and i'll put your facebook address and stuff on there as well so people can get get in touch with you if they might just want to chat with you Sylvia because <laughs> well, that's the other thing is I'm happy to give people advice how to make their properties more accessible yeah yeah sometimes it doesn't take very much yeah and for those I suppose those people that are in SA or rent to SA that type of thing they might just need oh by the way your door frames have got to be this width or you just need to put in this for the floor in da, 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 da. because a lot of people don't realize that if you've got manual hoist having a carpet is a nightmare <laughs> um but that's the other thing because people think adapting your properties is expensive and it doesn't have to be no no not at all so yeah if anybody wants to get in touch with sylvia please reach out i'll put all of her information in this once it's live we're going to put this on to youtube as well for other people to see and to get some more reach for you as well sylvia so that people yeah. know about elevated but it's been a pleasure thank you so much for joining me and thank you for listening to Diligent endeavors podcast and we will see you again very very soon so thank you thank you i've really enjoyed it thank you sylvia Thanks for listening to this episode of the Diligent Endeavors podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and share this with a friend and remember to put yourself in danger of success.